1: what does that mean for the rest of the running back room going forward? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
2: You are locked on Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your locked. team every locked. day.
1: Locked on. Locked on. Locked. Locked. locked on, on Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we have the NFL Combine this weekend. A lot of news coming out of that. Plus, we've got some actual Dallas Cowboys news. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing well. Let's let's not waste any time because yeah. we've got quite a packed show, to be honest. So let's yes. let's hop right into the Tony Pollard news. Yeah, so the Cowboys have officially
1: franchise tagged Tony Pollard. Uh, the franchise tag will pay him just over $10 million
0: for the 2023 season. Just what's your initial thoughts on that tag? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. They clearly were working on this for a while. Um, I know everyone's kind of got very mixed feelings. And I'm sure we'll talk about running backs and money and all that stuff um but i i i wanted tony pollard back if if the franchise tag is the way to retain him until they can figure out if they're going to or what kind of long-term deal they want to fit figure out i'm on board with that um so we'll yeah we'll see i think that the next shoe to fall is exactly how they're going to handle the zeke situation i think this is a natural launching point to the conversation of okay well now what happens with zeke so uh, you you know my general thoughts
1: on running backs i would have been fine with the cowboys just moving on from everybody in this running back room and starting over however i understand the appeal to franchising tony pollard even despite the injury because he is one of your most explosive playmakers now the question i have for you is you mentioned a long-term deal do you want them to sign pollard to a long-term deal or are you good with him just playing on the franchise tag
0: i think it depends on what we're talking about right like if we're talking about like a a two or three year deal that's not breaking the bank, you know, that's kind of I, I, I think that the question is, where is the running back market right now? You know, like that's the real kind of overall reaching question. Like, what are we paying running backs right now? So uh, I think I, I'm interested in the idea of having Pollard beyond this just this year. Uh, but obviously, I think the specifics of what the contract's going to look like are going to matter. Do I want him on a Zeke deal? No, I don't think I do. Do I want him on a kind of deal that's a, a market adjusted for what running backs are being paid? I, I, I think I can. I think I do, but simply because I actually think that Pollard is going to be a better fit in this new kind of offense the Cowboys are going to be running than he was in the, the previous one. Yeah. So. I'm excited about his potential. I'm excited about his potential in this offense for more than just this year, Uh, but I do think the particulars matter exactly on the contract because you know this is an area where you don't want to be spending a twenty-five million dollars for two starters or you know which the Cowboys are doing right now currently. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Actually, think it's more that twenty-six million. It's twenty-seven
0: if I'm not mistaken. Actually, yeah. Uh, For now, um, for now, but that's not going to stay.
1: Yeah, that's so. Here's what's hard about a long-term deal for Tony Pollard is I think it gets really dangerous when you go beyond two years of a contract for a second contract running back, right? Sure. Why not just franchise him if he has a really good year? Franchise him again. I think the number's twelve million next year, and basically have him at two years, twenty-two million for the next two years. I mean I'm sure that's an option. The the only way that a long-term deal to me makes sense is if it's – basically that's the deal, right? Two years, $22 and then you tack on void years to kind of spread that cap hit over three or four years because anything other than that, I'm not interested in at all I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds like a you know a, a reasonable deal for the Cowboys. They get some extra years out of it. Get, Tony gets some guaranteed money, and I, I think that could be something that works out. The question is, is that is that viable for someone who would you know be at the top of the market right now if he was uh, a free agent? I don't know that they're gonna pay him. They're never going to, I don't think, offer him a deal that he would get like on the open market, right? No, I, I, no. I think that the idea is that you franchise him and then hope that you get some kind of discount or, or properly structured deal that benefits both yep. sides, right? If they don't get that, then I imagine that they'll do exactly what you just mentioned. Yep. Uh, next thing,
1: obviously, is Ezekiel Elliott, his cap hit is over $16 million this year. I'm going to break some news. He's not playing at $16 million cap hit, <laughs> just going to tell you. Uh, something's going to happen here, whether it's a cut or it's a pay cut. When do you think we're going to get
0: some news here about Zeke? Well, I got to think that it's going to be pretty soon, right? Like, I I mean, probably before – you know, I, I think before, you know for the league year. I mean, the you know you had a. I think you had a very interesting argument to make about the timing of all this. If you want to bring that up sure. now, I think that that's something that that the audience would like to hear. That yeah, I mean, so brings up some of the time. I
1: think it's clear the Cowboys are going to ask Ezekiel Elliott to take a pay cut because yeah. he can't play at sixteen million. It makes actually more financial sense to have him take a pay cut than to release him outright. Like you can get more cap savings. It's just. When do you ask Zeke, right? Because if you ask him now versus three weeks from now when all the other running backs are signed up, all these other running backs get the franchise tag, there's only going to be so many destinations. So Zeke's potential money that he could get in the open market might be one year at $6 million now, or it might be one year for two million million three three weeks from now. So if the Cowboys wait, they could theoretically get him to take a bigger pay cut. But I don't know if they're interested in waiting either. I kind of think they want to get things done quickly as possible, so they can spend that money on maybe a Donovan Wilson or maybe a Leighton Van Der Esch or somebody like that.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm interested to know whether or not these conversations have already been had. You know, between yeah. the between the agent and between the Jerry's. You know, I think the fact that we're all having these conversations, it's out in the open that the, a pay cut is happening one way or another. The fact that Zeke knows that that's coming and wants to make, it sounds like wants to make a deal to stay in one way or another. The fact that we know all that means yep. that it's, it's obviously been discussed at some level between the, the ownership and, yep. and, and Zeke's agents, agents. I think it's so coming by the week. It's coming by any One. Yeah. Either this week, maybe next week. I imagine. Yeah. Cause I just don't anticipate this is a very smart, you know, kind of Timing thing to in order to maximize leverage that you brought up, but I, I think that my, not my counter to it, but the thing I, I brought up was that I just don't know that they'll do that, to Zeke. Yep. You know, I just I, I I think everyone has a general idea of what's happening, what's coming, and and I think it's all above board, so they probably won't end up pulling something like that. Last bit of Cowboys news before
1: we talk about the combine mm-hmm. is that the Cowboys officially placed a second round tender on starting right tackle Terrence Steele. Yep. That'll pay him four million dollars for this year. Uh, if anybody were to sign him to a deal, they would have to give the Cowboys back a second-round pick. I'm not worried about that happening at all, frankly. They also
0: get—do uh, they get right of first
1: refusal? Yeah, in the second, round which is exactly too, why so. these things don't happen, right? Yeah. Because the Cowboys are more than willing to say, "Hey Texans, go do our dirty work for us, and we'll just match whatever you give Terrence." Yeah, exactly. right. So that's why it's not going to happen, and it's a smart move to tag him at, at the second-round level.
0: I think people get—you get, know—the idea that like. Oh, all they have to do is agree to a deal that's more than that four million dollars, and then and pay Dallas a second round pick, and then they can have Terrence Steele. No, Dallas still has to approve it basically yeah you know they gotta they gotta uh, decide not to counter that offer and they'll and listen they're more than willing to pay terrence Steele more than that money it's just that they know that they can get away with paying terrence Steele this money and no one's probably going to come after them because of what I just said right a first refusal and it's going to cost you a second round pick and he let's not forget as good as he was last year
1: he's still an undrafted free agent tackle coming out of college who's was now coming off a torn
0: acl and mcl
1: there's just not going to be a lot of interest
0: around the league. Like it, it sucks for Terrence Steele, but it's, it's just the case. He's going to get his money at some point, but this yeah. is the unfortunately the path that undrafted free agents go when they turn mm-hmm. into superstars. They are going to have to do a bunch of cheap labor for a couple of years, and then as long as you know he continues to play the way he will, he's going to get a huge payday here in a couple yep. of years. All right, let's talk about some of the biggest combine winners.
1: Uh, let's next, do it. This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Uh, we're getting closer to summer. We're just a couple months away. Trying to get a little bit healthier as we get into beach shape. Uh, if you're on a diet and you're looking for a healthy protein bar, then you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes them so good? Well, first of all, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're only 130 calories and only 4 grams of protein or 4 grams of sugar, but you get 17 grams of protein. Not sure how Built does it, but they have the absolute best tasting protein bars on the market. They taste like a candy bar. And the best news is now you don't even have to wait. You can still go to built.com and order your boxes there. But if you live near a Walmart, just go to the pharmacy section. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you live near a Sam's Club like I do, you can go and pick up a 13-bar box with some of their hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. And, of course, go check out built.com for all of their latest flavors.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Layden, the NFL Combine wrapped up uh, late Sunday night. We've got some winners to talk about. So who stood out the most to you?
0: Well, there, I mean, there were a lot of certain folks that I thought that kind of really helped their cause. And, and, and certainly I tried to spread the love out a little bit in, in certain positions. Um, so we'll start kind of, I started with quarterback. If that, I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that one guy, I mean, there's obviously Anthony Richardson, you know, he's had an incredible uh, combine just blew the doors off the place. Let's, we're going to talk about some other kind of down roster folks that Cowboys targets might be, um, Clayton Toon from the University of Houston. I thought he just put out a really kind of clean athletic profile out there. I thought he threw the ball pretty well. Um, and I, I just think he was a guy that I've been interested in since the, since the senior bowl. I thought he he kind of showed out pretty decently at the senior bowl. Cowboys are looking for a quarterback to draft and develop. This is a guy that I feel like has some tools to work with. He's, he's kind of similarly built to Dak, a similar athleticism. Uh, and you saw a little bit of that. He ran, ended up running a four six forty and a three count of six eight nine. Again, these are not numbers that make a huge difference when you're talking about a quarterback, but you're talking about a guy who can, you know, move a little bit. He can get around. Um, he can do some stuff in the pocket. Um, and I think that you know he came in, threw the ball well in, in the throwing drills, and just kind of looked looked like he deserved to be out there and, and had some athleticism on on top of you know being able to throw a football. Um, I, I've got one for you that I want to hear your thoughts on.
1: Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, who you know I'm a big fan of. Uh, we expected that he was going to run really fast. at Six yeah. foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds, ran a four six four. Uh, uh, that part, as freaky as it is, isn't the surprising part. It's the the tw- <laughs> it's the twenty yard shuttle four oh eight, which yeah. was the fourth fastest of any player at the combine, and Landon, I, you just get to a point where. There's just not many people in the world that are that big, that fast, and can move like that. Like, even if you don't absolutely love the tape, you got to start considering drafting him pretty high.
0: Yeah. Usually, whenever you see good combine performances, there's like a moment, right? Where it's like there's a cherry on top. You see it, you see it, you see it. Like, oh, Washington's great. God, Washington's great. And then he's running through the gauntlet drill, and uh, a guy, or was it the gauntlet drill? Yeah, it was the gauntlet drill, right? And and the, and you see somebody throw off and behind him, and he jumps up, and I'm trying. To, everyone who's watching. He jumps up with his off hand was and and grabs the ball with one hand uh, on the the inside hand, like while twisting his body up in the air. It looks like Megatron, except well, he's a 270-pound tight end doing and, it. You and know? you'll
1: see that on tape sometimes. Yeah. It was a play that I saw, and I can't remember who it is it against, but he's running down the seam, and he's looking over his shoulder, and the ball is thrown on the other side, and he flips his hips and makes a one-handed catch. Like he, For being that big, he's not stiff. like He's pretty flexible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, he ran a one, five, seven, 10 yard split. So it's not even just like he's, you know, a, a, a big guy that can, uh, you know, get the long speed going. He he can get off the ball really well and move. So did you see him yeah. doing
1: the, the, uh, the,
0: the sled drills yesterday? Yeah. Just destroying it. You know, the funny thing is, is that like, I think the thing that's really stands out to me with Darnell Washington is in comparison to, you know, what we saw with, the other tight ends right yeah. i i think that what you what you saw was uh you know he, everyone kind of even the other bigger tight ends that you see uh listed in, in, in that same kind of area right they didn't uh, like michael mayer for example right he yes, ended up coming exactly in the like guy six, i was thinking about he he ended up coming in at like six four i think it was like 245 yeah yeah like six under four,
1: 249 yep
0: so this was a guy that we like before this were like, you know, oh, these guys are similarly sized, you know, like they're they're both kind of jumbo tight ends. Darnell Washington's got like three inches on Mayer and like 25 pounds at least. So yeah. the fact that he's you know showing a better athletic profile and again, Michael Mayer's got talent that isn't measured in this combine very well. But I think just as far as physical specimens, I certainly wasn't. Uh, dar- I wasn't expecting Darnell Washington to have such a broad contrast with every other tight end in this in this group. Which makes me wonder, like, I don't know if he will be, but
1: should he be the first tight end drafted? Just because he he's one of the few players in this class that I think helps the Cowboys in both phases of offense, right? I think he dramatically helps your yep. run game. And he also might help your pass game pretty quickly because of how
0: dynamic he can be down the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know he's a contested catch guy. I think you know that he can be a seam buster because I mean his size and his speed. Uh, he's a matchup problem. Like I mean, just because he's so big and physical and he can catch the ball well. Uh, yeah, and then on top of that, he's also a matchup uh, problem because when you deploy him on the field in the Y, you're not tipping off what you're doing uh, on, yeah. after the snap. Just a big fan. I was just really excited about his performance. Uh, who are some other guys that impressed you? Well, I threw in two two uh, wide receivers that I that I think again the Cowboys targets that I liked with their profile overall. Maybe not you know top end on everything, but Rashi Rice I think had a really nice uh, just solid combine. He's a guy that if you watch his tape, there's some inconsistencies at times. So you wanted him to go out there and show. Uh, some physically dominant traits because you see it on tape sometimes and you're just wanting to make confirm. Is this something that's happening because of the competition? You know, SMU plays obviously some heavy hitters, but not all the time. Right. Uh, and he came out there, ran a four or five which is at his size like a almost a four or five flat is is good is good speed, especially 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 combined with that one four nine ten yard split. I think uh, him being over six one over two hundred pounds uh running a one four nine split shows you the the kind of athleticism with a forty one inch vertical uh, that shows you exactly. The kind of athlete you're expecting. He's he's not he's a bigger guy, but he's mm-hmm. got that kind of small guy athleticism. And then speaking of small guy athleticism in a big body, or not a bigger body than a small guy, Jalen Hyatt to me, ran mm-hmm. that four four. I, I think everyone was expecting him to be in that four three range. And I and I understand that I think he plays faster than he was running. Uh, he he ran a one five, ten yard split, had a 40-inch vertical, 11 3 broad. That's crazy. That broad jump's nuts. Uh, and I think that that shows you the kind of explosion that Jalen Hyatt plays with. It doesn't always have to show up in the 40 time and we don't have to look at a 4-4 as a bad 40 time, yeah. which I know some people were. I think Jalen Hyatt kind of showed you the athleticism that he had uh, and and kind of it, it confirmed to me that this is a guy that, uh, you know, there's a reason he was running past SEC yeah. defenders all year last year. Uh,
1: for me, there was one player that I watched their combine performance and felt like, Okay, I got to go back and watch the tape because this was just dramatically different than what I saw the last time I watched it. I want to talk about that player next.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, Landon, we're talking about some biggest, some of the biggest combine winners, and I actually want to talk about one of your guys, uh, Jackson Jackson Smith at Jigba. Now mm-hmm. he didn't run the forty; he measured in at six foot one ninety four. The shuttle and the three-cone drills were fantastic. I think I saw his his three-cone was the fourth fastest ever for a receiver. He ran the, the fastest 20-yard shuttle. But to me, that wasn't even the most impressive part. I watched him do his all drills. Of the, the drills, and he looked awesome. And now yeah. it's, I got to go back and watch some more of the 2021 tape because that player that I saw at in Indy looked like a top-20 pick at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think to me it confirmed. I mean, for me, I, it confirmed what I saw on tape. Right? Is that? Uh, and I even I sidebarred John on uh, you know uh, during the thing. I was like, that six five three three cone. That's that's all over his tape. Like that's yes. who he is. Right? He's he's not a blazing guy, but he changes directions even subtly so quickly and without any wasted motion that it's hard to kind of keep up with him. So. Mm-hmm uh yeah and he's just it's it's one of those things where he's just so naturally good at the position that and that reflected in these drills right the 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 gauntlet is such uh the, the point of the gauntlet and I know I understand that a lot of scouts hate it or whatever the point of the gauntlet or coaches rather not so much scouts the point of the gauntlet is to reveal weakness in how naturally athletic how much natural ball catching skill you have that was i mean JSN like laughs that off this guy has like been doing this in his sleep for his his whole whole life i mean he's so good at just naturally receiving the football and then converting it to a a ball carrier uh that that was just a a very revealing drill for a lot of folks but yeah to me he moves and looks like a first-round receiver and his ability to just kind of uh very naturally, accelerate, change direction. You know, he didn't run a 40 for a reason. That number is going to be scary. Uh, when it, if, if it ever shows up, if he yeah. even ever runs, I a feel 40. better
1: though. Now that I know, but now that we have confirmed elite agility,
0: it's not as big of a deal if he runs it's, a
1: 461,
0: right? It's not like he isn't an incredible athlete. He is, is an incredible athlete. He just may not be an incredible sprinter, you know. So I think that's what we'll, that, you know, if he runs a 40, that's fine. I still see a guy that runs a six, five, three uh, at uh, three cone at six, six foot, 200 plus pounds. That's someone who can get open. Who are some other guys that stood out to you? Uh, moving off wide receivers a little bit, let's go uh, one more offensive guy. And then we got to talk about defense at, at some point, I guess. Uh, John Gaines, I thought was he's a guard from UCLA. He ended up putting up just outrageous numbers for an offensive lineman. He's a guy that I just really, really want to kind of go back and watch a little bit more. Uh, he ran a five flat uh, forty, uh, and again the key the key number the key drill for offensive linemen to to even keep track of. None of this stuff really matters. Broad, broad jump helps, I think a little bit. Uh, you can get some information there it's 10 yard split nah, but the 20 yard yeah. shuttle is this as we've talked about for a long time has been the kind of indicative uh uh drill in fact frankly the 20 yard shovel for offensive linemen may be the best individual drill to try to nail down potential yeah. starters in the nfl uh and john Gaines ran a four-four-five for 20 and the 20 yard shuttle dominated it so Uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch this guy. He's a little bit undersized. I think he is kind of a 300-ish, 6'4 type guard uh, who can get on the move a little bit, Mm -hmm. has some balance issues from what I remember. But I'm going to go back and watch him a little bit more because he really blew it up. Now, we did talk a little bit about the defensive line and linebackers on Friday's show. So if you
1: want to hear us talk about Nolan Smith and Tommy, oh man, I don't even want (laughs) to pronounce (laughs) Adabare from Northwestern, you can go listen to us talk about him. We should mention the defensive backs, which (laughs) I tweeted this out on Saturday, but if you're not drafting a corner in round one, I think you're making a mistake just because this cornerback draft is so good. Um, Cam Smith was awesome. Joey Porter Jr. had freakishly long arms. But I think two guys, Deontay Banks from Maryland and Julius Juju Brents from Kansas State, two of the more impressive guys.
0: Let's talk about those two real quick. And then I got a guy that is an enigma to me. I don't know if he'd had a bad combine, but we got to figure it out. Julius Brents is, I mean, I, I can't, I'm surprised that they didn't take Dan Quinn out of Indianapolis on a stretcher watching Julius Brents. I mean, this guy just totally with that wingspan, with that height, running a four, five, you know, a 41 and a half inch vertical, a yep. broad jump that was, that beat the, the Hyatt one, Hyatt one that we were just talking about, how ridiculous. And then all that and he ran uh, uh, do you have his weight in front of me I'm sorry in front of you, I'm sorry that's the one thing I don't have Julius Brent's weight uh, yeah but I'll pull it up here I think he's 210 is what they listed him at uh, it, it, I mean he's like over 62 and I, and I think it was like 213 off the top of my head yeah uh 214 214 so at 214 pounds, he ran a 6633 come and, and that just shows you the kind of movement skills we're talking about. A 405 shuttle, right? And so I, I think those kind of things make Quinn's eyes just go whoo, like, like cartoon style, right? Yep. Uh, it, it, I, I really have some interest in where Julius Prince's stock, draft stock is after all that. I mean, especially after a really great week at Senior Bowl. Uh, really, really impressive workout. And honestly, may have been just overshadowed by the – by the, the guy that we're probably going to talk about next because there was just so many incredible cornerback workouts.
1: I mean, everybody looked awesome in the cornerback.
0: Room. I, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> Who was the one that stood out the most to you? I mean, without a doubt to me, I think Deontay Banks was just, yep. uh, I mean, a f- total freak show. Ran a four-three-five with a 14910 10 yard split. Dumb. Uh, had a 42-inch vertical and 11-4 broad, which, again, is right just short of what we were talking about with Brent's. Um, he fell just short of the Cowboys height and length uh, thresholds. I think he was un- like just under six feet and just under thirty-two inch arms, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I got it right here. I think yeah, it was third thirty-one and a half inch arms. Yeah, so you know, so not terrible, but not at the thresholds. Yeah. I wonder if the Cowboys, if he fell to the Cowboys, that they wouldn't just pull the trigger either way. They have gone outside of those thresholds before, and he is such a freak of nature that maybe they do. Um, and it's
1: not like thirty-one and a half inch arms are small;
0: they just prefer no, guys no. with thirty-two. Like that's still well
1: yeah. above average.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a soft threshold to say the least. You know, I mean, I think that they will give you they will. It's more. They're more likely to get bonus points for it than to get points taken yep. away for it, not having it, right? Yeah. So uh, I think Deontay Banks is a guy that – I mean I liked a little bit. I, we need to go back and watch a little bit more just because that, that combine performance was just absolutely bonkers. Uh, before we head out, was there anybody for you
1: that you're just disappointed in a little bit? Maybe they just didn't test poorly, but they didn't quite test
0: as well as you were hoping for? There's a couple of guys that just had individual measurements that like really kind of, I mean, honestly, the Michael Mayer stuff, like that That's was just the one a little for bit me. That yeah. was a little surprising, right? Like it just, I felt like he was a bigger player. He plays bigger and I understand cutting weight to kind of, uh, uh, you know, run fast, but he didn't even end up running that fast. I don't know. I mean, that, that was a little bit disappointing just because I thought he was bigger. And then I got to say, and this is the guy I was just mentioning a second ago, I don't know what to do with Emmanuel Forbes, man. Like, like that 160. And you and I, you and John, and I talked about this, you know, when when, when their weigh-ins are going. And I just don't know what to do with a 166 well, pound cornerback, right? Like, I, the, I, I the mean, ball what's production. What's the most he can even get to? Like, what's the most he could possibly even get to before the, the season starts? Like 180, 185 pounds, maybe, maybe? Uh, maybe. And there's never
1: been a corner drafted under 182 pounds in the first round in the history of the NFL draft. Um, it's tough because the ball skills are ridiculous. He had six yeah. pick sixes in college. I think another problem. I was actually talking to my brother about this yesterday. Is I wonder if you can have him and Trayvon Diggs on the field at the same time because that's but yeah, but for the tackling part, like yeah. we know Trayvon doesn't really want to tackle can a 166 pounds guy like that hold up on the outside if you're running crack tosses out there and you've got guards coming on you coming to hit him like that's where i i really wonder like it, not only against like bigger receivers but in the run game are you going to be a factor at all
0: check check 1 2 hey, can you hear me yep yeah sorry the power sorry. just boom boom that's like that. I,
1: I basically just finished my thoughts on Forbes. Like I just wonder how much of an impact he can have as a run defender right away, you know? Okay.
0: So, um, should I just come in from there? Yeah. And then we'll, we'll head out. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the issue is, is a team specific issue and I, and I don't know that it's necessarily a team specific issue, but it, it's, I mean, it's certainly what we have to look at, right. You've got a corner that you like a lot. That is a ball skill guy, a, a, a you know, a ball takeaway guy, mm-hmm that already struggles at you know, playing the run on the edge and, and, and he doesn't have the size issue. So if you're going to put another guy opposite of it, and again, I'm not questioning Forbes's toughness or any of that stuff. It's more just 166 pounds against guys that are literally 366 pounds mm-hmm. coming out and, and pulling to try to, to block you. So uh, yeah, I feel like you're going to need, you know, some physicality uh, on the edge uh, at corner somewhere. Uh, and, and I just, I worry about not so much the injury stuff, just physically being able to hold up in the run game. Uh, if, if you're sub 190 pounds and especially if you're 25 pounds, sub a hundred. Well,
1: and I think it's different if you're like five, nine, 170 pounds, but when you're six foot, a yes. hundred and six, like that is real, real thin. And I, yeah, makes me nervous, but uh, all right, that is it for the NFL combine. I'm, my brain is just completely mushed <laughs> over after that weekend, but I'm, it's always a, it's always a really fun time. That's it for today's show. I want to thank you guys for making locked on Cowboys, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to locked on NFL draft show. Uh, Damien Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and the hidden gems that can change your NFL franchise. Find locked on NFL draft, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out the podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go follow in on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.